you? I'm Cassidy Quinn, and welcome back to Mentally Together. Because whether you can see it on the surface or not, we are all trying to keep ourselves mentally together. And no matter what our brains are experiencing, we're not alone. We're together. Do you ever journal? You know, take all those thoughts running around in your brain and actually put them down onto a piece of paper? When I was younger, and especially when I was a teenager, I loved writing in my journal. I was at my parents' house a while back, and I found one of my old high school journals, and oh my goodness, it was full of so many emotions. <laughs> there were probably literally tears dried onto the pages. But as I've become an adult, journaling kind of dropped off my radar. And I think it's because somehow the idea of journaling as a routine became very stressful to me. <laughs> Partly because literally anything involving a routine is very stressful on my ADHD brain. But also, it just for some reason seems so permanent. Like it makes all of those random scrambled thoughts real when I write them down. And yes, I am very aware of the fact that the thoughts are real, whether or not I take them out of my brain or not. But I guess I just got kind of good at ignoring some of them because, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. Life is crazy. I don't have time to like stop and feel my feelings. Ugh. Anyway, recently I have rediscovered my love of writing in my journal. It's become kind of, you could say, part of my morning routine the past few weeks. I just play a five-minute song off of my phone, and I write out the thoughts in my brain in just true brain dump, no format style. And for five minutes, it just goes. I just do, and then it's over, and then we can stop and go on with our day. And it feels lovely. <laughs> it also makes me feel very vulnerable, even though hypothetically the only person that will ever see what I write down in my journal is myself, right? But still, making actual sentences or sometimes just random bullet points out of the thoughts in my head, writing them down is real, it's raw, and it's kind of exposing, even if it's just exposed to myself. We're going to get intellectual here for a second because Merriam-Webster the dictionary, defines vulnerable as capable of being physically or emotionally wounded or open to attack or damage, which sounds kind of terrifying, but they also define it as, one more thing, liable to increased penalties but entitled to increased bonuses after winning a game in bridge. <laughs> And I don't know anything about the game of bridge, but I like that definition the most because, yes, there are increased penalties to being vulnerable and opening up to yourself and or the world, but also bonuses. And from my experience, these bonuses come in the form of self-discovery, self-understanding, and just feeling more like myself in general. Speaking of being vulnerable, my guests, and yes, there are multiple, on the podcast this week have essentially made an entire career out of it. It's We Three. We Three is a band of three siblings from McMinnville, Oregon. You might know them from their albums, including Dear Paranoia, Sincerely Me, or We're All Messed Up, But It's Okay. Or you may have seen them on America's Got Talent. Back in 2018, We Three made it to the semifinals. For their audition, the three of them, 
Bethany, Manny, and Joshua sang a song called Heaven's Not Too Far, which they wrote from the perspective of their mother, who passed away from cancer a few years ago. I have watched that audition and listened to that song so many times, and it makes me cry every single time. Honestly, I can't do it justice just trying to describe it to you in a couple of sentences. So right now, pause this episode and go search for We Three, Heaven's Not Too Far, listen to the song, and then come back. I'll give you a moment. Okay, are you back? Of course, that audition was just the beginning of We Three sharing their vulnerability with the entire world. Since then, they have opened up about so many more of their emotions and insecurities in song after song, connecting with an audience all over. I got to interview the band a few times on my former TV show in Portland, but I never got to ask them so many questions that I really wanted to know the answers to, like the stories behind these extremely vulnerable lyrics they shared and how it feels to share their deepest feelings with the world. Now, some of their songs do discuss serious topics, including suicidal ideation. So, as always, if you are experiencing any of those feelings yourself, please reach out to a professional for help. You can always reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Now, let's get into this episode with their siblings that are really great at working together. We three, welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast and hanging out with me. Thank you for Thanks having for us. Having We're us. stoked to be here. It's always been so awesome to talk to you guys on live TV, but I'm excited now to actually have like more time because you guys yeah. don't shy away from serious topics in your music. Like you do the mm-hmm. whatever the opposite of shying away from, you just like, that's mostly <laughs> all that you do. And that's kind of yes. where, where you guys really got started and how you guys got so big because people probably remember you guys on America's Got Talent and you sang a song Mm -hmm. that made probably most people at home cry but that song Heaven's Not Too Far it's beautiful it's heartbreaking and and it seems like kind of opening up and doing that in your music is what really connected with people is that how it feels to you guys? 100% that wasn't the goal at all Um, we were just trying to make everyone cry yeah (laughs) <laughs> exactly. We went into it with an agenda. No, yeah. not at all. Uh, um, we went into it honestly thinking that it, none of that was going to come across well because it was too personal. You know, I feel like people want to, when you like you put out a song, you don't want to have it be very personal. You want it to be slightly broad so everybody can relate to it. Um, and obviously we didn't do that. This was very specific. Um, but it just kind of proved the point that we all go through the same stuff. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. Like we're all known. Most people that you go and talk to are going to relate to you in some aspect. And so that's why we've never shied away from being as personal and specific as possible. I didn't think about it like that before, where it was like, literally the song was so insanely specific. I actually was concerned that people Mm -hmm. who didn't have the exact specific experience would not be able to relate, but it's the opposite. I think because of how vulnerable Mm -hmm. the song was, more people did. I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. I feel like music does a good job of that. So the song can be super specific, but the fact that it's, it has a melody and has harmony to it and rhythm to it. It's like a little bit more universal than maybe for sure. Yeah. Is that the kind of music you guys were always creating? Like before you went on America's Got Talent and everyone saw that, display of your feelings and emotions obviously mm. but has that always been where you've gone to in your music i feel like we're all like intense people <laughs> mm-hmm. and just some so like 
maybe a little bit of both, but I feel like we've always been like working and writing stuff that's honest and that's like kind of intense <laughs> sometimes, but then it's not always like that. You know, yeah. There's tons of fun songs as well. So yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, I think it's always been there that like it was songwriting and music and stuff has always been a form of therapy for, you know, me specifically, all of us. Um, but just in specifically like writing songs, like it's just kind of what we did, it's just what we do. And so um, naturally you're going to be a little more vulnerable when you're doing that because you're trying to get out the things that you can't say to people in person, like in a normal conversation. Yeah. So you can say all those things that, you know, are a little bit deeper and darker and harder to talk about. So I do think, though, our fan base that we gained from the show and just like past that point, they really loved the songs that maybe we didn't necessarily know that they would. So, I mean, I think it does help give us freedom to like, oh, okay, I can. Oh, yeah. Go I don't there. feel trapped at no. all. Like to continue to write. You yeah. Know, I think like, yeah. for that niche. And I think our fan base has been really good. Is that what you're saying? Well, I guess, I mean, probably the opposite. Where it's like, oh. they love the songs that are really, really hard to sing about. Uh, so so much uh, that we've just gone further into that. Sure. Maybe I even was... not even realizing that they like encourage us to keep yeah. writing. <laughs> Literally just it's, says it completely, the completely opposite. <laughs> well, I think that too. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's definitely a reciprocal, like, like they inspire us like so much. And it's, oh, yeah. it's just crazy what they have, um, yeah, I mean, we honestly, 2020 has been awful for so many people, and uh, I feel like they have really helped us like get through it. It's 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 crazy. We've gotten Christmas gifts from people from London, oh my gosh. and it's just it's amazing, it's beautiful. So we're very grateful. Well, and you guys have obviously a huge fan base that I'm sure spans tons of different age groups, but a lot of your listeners are like younger people, right? Like teenagers, oh, yeah. early 20s, and, and and that's a huge. <laughs> I mean, mental health is a huge issue and emotions and feelings and actually getting them out is huge. There's a lot of people, you know, grandparents that haven't figured out how to express it. But when you're, if you figure it out when you're a teenager and you listen to your music, it seems like a really good demographic to, to reach with that too. Mm-hmm. No, totally it's like, awful. tell them it's okay. It's, I mean, you literally had an EP called we're all messed up, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, the message right. is very clear. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> when you guys were teenagers, were you like this? Did you open up about your emotions? Did you guys connect with each other and you're like, you know what, siblings, I'm really feeling sad today? Or is this kind of a message to yourself too? We're not good at talking to each other about our oh. emotions. <laughs> yeah. Like a song will come out and be like, oh, oh that's, that's how, how you feel. feel. <laughs> <laughs> Do you each write songs? Like, I feel like I hear Manny talking about writing songs the most, at least. Do you guys all? write lyrics to the songs oh yeah. yeah yeah i think that he he just like takes it to a next level in terms of songwriting. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but we all definitely like we just i think grew up he wrote the first song i remember specifically he wrote a song when you like 12 was the first time you showed us a song mm-hmm. 11 mm-hmm. and i was like oh i didn't know we could do that because we always just mm-hmm. covered songs yeah. and so that was a really fun like oh like writing our own music that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would like make our own arrangements of cover songs and like push the envelope like a lot change it a lot and so yeah i think yeah you just took that next step like hmm, it's just right in the original so so then yeah. now sometimes it's like okay bethany writes a song about your feelings and and yeah they the other <laughs> manny and joshua don't know about those until it actually comes out in song form a lot of times yeah a lot you're of, better at talking about your feelings i just can talk about it i'll share <laughs> <You're pretty> with you <laughs> 
I'll yeah, say it in really like dry humor ways. That's how I talk about my feelings. With people. Uh-huh. So nine times out of ten, you won't know if I'm joking or not, and so then they have to just. Guess. Or it's both. You're joking and you're serious at the same time. Uh-huh. And we just are happy little. It's just Because yeah. <laughs> jokes are funny. Everybody likes a joke. Totally, and they're all usually rooted in something real. Yes, yes. right. Usually. Then you gotta like ask the follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so do all the songs. I mean, you guys have songs about all kinds of serious things. You have songs about sadness and suicide and insecurities and all these. Do they all come from real feelings that one of one or all of you guys have felt? Or do you sometimes hear other people's stories mm-hmm. um, and turn them into a song? I mean, nine times out of 10, it's always like true personal stories. Um, there be there have been a few tracks where like I, it's more so using it as like an exercise where like you've always wanted to tell this story. It hasn't really happened, but you want to try to tell it. But most of the time it's everything has happened and then you go write about it and you try to put it in a way that a lot of people would connect to it. Obviously, you push and pull a few things here and there because um, it's art and you have to make it, you know applicable for everything and everybody but yeah. for the most part it's all true stuff that's the only way <laughs> i know how to do it. <laughs> do you ever get you said you were nervous like before america's got talent if people would connect to such a specific sad story mm-hmm. but when you're just opening up and sharing any of these sad serious vulnerable feelings yeah. do you just get nervous to share them in general with the world yeah i a lot actually um because the songs especially people like, know they're true yeah i think mm-hmm. as like to learn us they're like oh there's they listen to every word because they know questions. yeah they get questions <laughs> all the time are you okay yeah and so you have to like go through and like i sometimes after like we put out a song that i know is going to be very personal I have to like mentally prepare myself for a bunch of questions and mentally go through and figure out how i can like nicely talk about it and like put in yeah. a beautiful little package that sort of a thing but yeah no I, there's no other way to do it like i still get nervous but that's that's all a part of it if it doesn't scare you why are you doing it mm. and i think Ooh, with yeah. the song that you hear like when i hear something for the first time that's maybe a hard song to hear mm-hmm. um you can all you can tell even by like how long you sit with the song or like when we're re- rehearsing the song how the song just like settles into you and like i don't know you feel it so much more but it's it, there's like a comfort about the fact that it's so honest and all that kind of stuff. And I always like to think about like the more a song settles in with me, that's what's going to happen to other people too. Like you first, you initially hear a song that maybe is really hard to hear, but just the process of it is really therapeutic for me at least. And so mm-hmm. usually that translates to other people too. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. How do you, do you go through that process of like, okay, we're putting out the song. I know I'm going to get a bunch of questions. I still have a hard time. Like, okay, how do I, describe okay I might remember oh I had a really depressed day but unless I like really in that moment I'm like this is how I feel I was crying for this many minutes and this is what I was crying about later if someone asks me like oh what are some of your moments where you feel your anxiety and depression a lot of times they leave my brain so coming up with the quote-unquote like perfect way to describe it how do you I mean there is no perfect way to describe it obviously and it's your own feelings but yeah I mean I think hopefully the song does that to a certain point where you don't have to do as much. But then I also really try to make sure like that people know songs are written about fleeting feelings. Like just because you write this song that makes it sound like it's, you know, your whole life is going to hell and everything and you feel terrible and blah, 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 blah. It's like, that's a feeling that could have lasted five seconds. Right. And mm-hmm. so like 
for writing about those tiny little anxiety moments. It doesn't mean that my life is falling apart. It doesn't mean that I feel this way all the time. Right. And so that's honestly a lot of times what I'm telling people because like people take songs so literally where like you say one line and they run with it, which is amazing. I'm not complaining at all. I love it. Right. But you just have to remind them sometimes that it's was a, a five second feeling. That was an evening where I felt really bad. And we've all felt yeah. those feelings. Exactly. And then you wake up the next morning, you're fine. And you make jokes about it again. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And then your siblings are like, are you good? Are you sure? <laughs> uh-huh. have, you, have you guys learned a lot about each other through hearing the songs that each other writes? Like, I mean, you said, oh, I didn't know you were feeling that way. But what are some of the things that you've learned about each other and your feelings mm-hmm. and your mental health? That's a good question. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> like we keep learning about each other yeah. through interviews, like <laughs> through <laughs> asking questions and then yeah. songwriting, all the stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're learning about ourselves too. Yeah. Um, Cause like you, I think of you, I heard you say it first. Songwriting is like your journal. So I think, you know, as you're writing the song, you're like, Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. That's how I feel about this. And sometimes stuff comes out and you don't really understand it. And then just as time goes by, you're like, oh, that's what, okay, that's what that feeling was. Or that's what I was trying to get out. And so, yeah. yeah. I know for myself, I probably should journal more. I think it would be super helpful. But what advice would you have for other people who maybe they need to get their thoughts onto some paper? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like. Everybody does it sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important piece is like, when you say journaling, like that always intimidated me. Mm-hmm. It was like, that's way too much structure. Like mm-hmm. it has to be beautiful. And like the first image that comes into my brain is like someone finding the journal, like 50 years from now and it all has to be perfect and Makes like beautifully uh-huh. said uh-huh. all this stuff. And like, that gives me Same. so much anxiety. And so <laughs> I would never do it. So how I've done it is just literally write down the exact thought that's in my brain, whether it makes mm-hmm. sense or not or whether it's me just swearing 40 times, like yep. do that. And then you'll go back through things and you'll look crazy, but sometimes you have gems in there. And then sometimes th- some of those turn into songs. So mm-hmm. but I don't know. You guys yep. probably have different answers too. I don't like structure in journaling, I guess. I think I've started doing it more as like a, a daily thing and I wouldn't even call it journaling. Like it's just, sometimes it's like two sentences, mm-hmm. but I do just like when I'm drinking my coffee, I will sit down with half of it's my to-do list and it's not like a structure to do this. It's more of like the things that stressed me out in the middle of the night that I would write down and be like, yeah. if I write it down, maybe I won't stress out about it. Yeah. Um, yes. And I sometimes I just sit with it there. And if I feel like writing something down, I will. If I don't, then it's fine. Like there's just no structure to it. But maybe the most structured part is I do know that it helps me to have that as a thing that I can do if I'm stressed. So like having <laughs> that with me when I'm drinking my coffee or whatever I'm doing in the morning is like, is a stress reliever enough? But yeah, for me... Yeah. That's the most structure I think that I have with journaling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm really similar at first when I decided that I, I wanted to at least try journaling, I, the same exact thing. I was like, Oh, I don't want to do it because everybody's going to read it, you know, when I die and then it has to be perfect. And I was, so I just, I just kept putting it off, kept putting it off. Um, but now I'm in a spot where like, I'll actually use it for, for art. And so I'll actually just write something. And sometimes it looks nice. Usually hammering is not great. So usually it doesn't look nice. <laughs> But it's just what's being said, you know? So that's, I think, the most structured that it, it'll get. Um, but <laughs> lately, I mean, I'm just, like, throwing stuff in my phone, just thoughts and snippets, just like you were saying, just get it out there. Yeah, my um, phone is full of so many random notes of so thoughts many. from my brain that make no sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would so crazy if we were to go back <laughs> to our phones oh, and make man. our notes. 
Right. Know, anytime someone like wants to look through my notes, I'm like, all right, do it. beware. Uh-huh. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Yeah, get ready for lots of questions afterwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> any of your questions. Yeah, I love hearing you guys talk about journaling in that way because I think a lot of times for me, I I definitely put pressure on myself if I'm gonna start something like that. Like, okay, now I have to do it every day, and I have to write all of my feelings down. But a, that's not realistic, and b, a lot of times for me, if I write down a little thing, then the rest of the feelings are still there. Like, if I can look right. at that. Mm-hmm two sentences that I wrote, I go, Oh, yep. okay. Yeah. I remember yeah. how I was feeling and, and it mm. have to have literally everything <laughs> written. The other down. thing that I think is important and it, it really does help and like really makes you propel um, is like manifestation and like writing things down because mm-hmm. it, it really simplifies things. Like you don't have to come up with a new phrase a million times. I like, can try same to write down thing. a million things. It's just the same line, uh-huh. whatever you're trying to manifest in your life you just write it down over and over and over mm-hmm. and over till it becomes like mundane but then it's so instilled in you and it's always in your brain yeah um, i recommend people do that mm-hmm. all the time and then find the so things important. that serve you too like something for a bit might be really good mm-hmm. and then yeah. something you're like that's not really helping me like i wake up feeling like oh i have to do that thing if you feel that way about something that's supposed <laughs> to help your mental health it's probably not serving you right now and so like right. yeah do something different. Yeah. There's it's so not supposed to stress you out if it's stressing yeah, you out. Yeah, it's not supposed to stress you out more. <laughs> yeah, even though everyone's like, there's so many lists on TikTok. It's like, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. No, 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 no. Like there's probably goodness you can in those. Do this. You could do this. Yeah. Find something that mm-hmm. works. If it changes, cool. If yeah. you keep the same thing, cool. I right. love doing that. Like I'm aggressively like, I'll write the same thing over and over. Yeah, that's good. Like Harry Potter and then it appears in your arm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow, you guys are really manifesting some magic over there. Yeah, it's getting what do they put in the water in McMinnville? Um, <laughs> no. What are some of the things that you guys do for your mental health? Whether it's a ritual that you did for a little bit and, and now it wasn't serving you, but maybe it would help some other people. What are some things you could do for your mental yeah. health if it feels good? Yeah. I have loved in the past, I don't do as much anymore, but, um, I've loved just, uh, well, I loved setting my timer for five minutes and just like, whether you call it meditating, where you call it praying, you just chill and you just don't think about the list. You don't think about the stuff as I'm like a, I'm a recovering workaholic mm-hmm. and my brain just goes a million miles an hour, all these different things. It's just ridiculous. And it's not productive at all. It's counterproductive. So uh, one of the things that's been helpful for me is that, but I had to set the timer. That was really helpful. I know it's kind of silly sounding, but for me, it was super helpful because if I didn't, totally. then I think, oh, I can go longer. I can do 10 <laughs> minutes. I can go longer. Uh, and it would never end. And I always felt like I wasn't doing it enough or do I wasn't good enough. I wasn't, you know, so setting that timer for five minutes and just starting there, it's like, boom, okay, I did it. And what do you do? You just like sit there and think i thoughts. breathe i count my no I, I try not to i just i count my breaths if i need to um and i just like relax my mind so it's just like the same thing as relaxing your body you know instead of like because i feel like my mind's like jogging all the time or sprinting all the time <laughs> it needs to chill anyway so that's my my chill time for my mind five minutes of chill i like it yeah chill it's grown I, since then but yeah i just go on walks honestly that's mm-hmm. it's super simple but I try like not to bring my phone if I can. Mm-hmm. And just like, mm. I don't remember who I was watching, but someone said like, if you are stuck on a decision you have to make, a problem you have to solve, whatever, he was like, put away your phone and just go on a walk. 
because it gives you a totally different perspective yeah. and you just have time to think and like mm-hmm. connect dots without distractions. And yep. so that has been very helpful for me. And you're not so thinking like, like, Ooh, I should take a picture of that flower and post it on my Instagram. Because exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you don't it's have been, your phone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I like walks. It's simple, but mm-hmm. effective. Yeah. Like an actual physical trans, like when you move yourself into a different place, your whole perspective mm-hmm. changes. It's true. Oh yeah. And I forget that, but then just literally get, you get in the car and you also like, Oh, I totally figured that whole thing out. Like I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like yep. to stretch though. I've started doing like a five minutes. It's not five minutes. I don't know what it is. It's just a chunk of time of stretching. Whether I do it at night, like I usually do it in the morning. Um, and it has nothing to do with any fitness goal or anything like that. Like I'm not trying to become flexible. I'm not trying to, but it's just like somebody said, it's like you check in on your body and you check in on like every ache and pain and what's, you know, maybe you're sitting too long and this part of your back is hurting. I don't know. And then just like breathing while I'm stretching and I'm really not flexible, but like, I really like stretching. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing that a lot lately too. And it does, it started out because I guess I'm getting old. My back hurts all the time. So I'm like, Oh, my hands are are really tight. So it started out as like, if I do this every day, then my back and my hamstrings will be less tight. Great. But then quickly turned into like, wait, this actually just feels really good and makes yeah. me feel productive yeah. and relaxed. And just, yeah. I, w- I was with mm-hmm. my parents last night and I was just laying on the floor stretching. And my dad, after 10 minutes was like, okay, you've made me jealous long enough. I'm going to get on the floor and stretch with you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, does. it really, really helps your, like your mind and your body to like get on the same wavelength, yeah. like, like catch up to each other. Cause mm-hmm. they're totally. so distant sometimes. Yeah. 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 I've been and enjoying like putting on music whatever like emotion i'm feeling mm-hmm. that day just put on music yeah. and then lay there and stretching because i started out oh i'll stretch while i watch some stupid tv show which works but yeah. for me it's worked better if i just like have music to kind of zone out and just mm-hmm. feel. it's really interesting sometimes when i'm yeah. working out like full-on working out i'll listen to like meditation music mm-hmm. it's oh. super weird and the first time i did it i was like something's wrong with me i'm broken no, like so why good. is this working so well <laughs> It almost like just made me focus in more and it's not always, it depends on my mood, but it's an interesting thing to try because yeah. it's so, the opposition there yeah. is so weird because your brain is so relaxed, but your body's like dying. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, you did start like running in slow motion instead. You're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's yes. actually what you're doing. If anyone watched you, they'd be like, "Why is Manny working out so?" He's tripping right now. <laughs> he's he's tripping. Tripping. But he's lifting like... so much. <laughs> he thinks he's getting a great workout, but he's actually just moving in slow motion. <laughs> Do we tell him? <laughs> just let me be. Just, let me yes. let me think I'm really cool. <laughs> Have you been putting off a visit to the doctor for way too long? Yeah, I do that too. And when I finally do call and make an appointment, the doctor's office usually tells me the next available appointment is months away. That's why I've started going to ZoomCare. With locations in Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and Colorado, ZoomCare offers same-day doctor visits that you can book online or from their app. Yep, you don't have to talk to anyone on the phone. They even offer mental health visits where you can speak to a board-certified mental health provider in person or through video. 
ZoomCare is where I went last year for my ADHD diagnosis, and they made the process so simple. They really took away my stress. So if you're ready to make an appointment of your own, head to ZoomCare.com. That's ZoomCare, Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. Does grocery shopping stress you out? Do you order takeout way too often? Let me tell you about something that has really helped me combat both of those things. Instacart. With my ADHD and anxiety, sometimes the whole process of figuring out what to make for dinner, then getting the ingredients, and then actually making it seems like a lot. So now I have cut out one part of that process by shopping on Instacart. I can go online and search for exactly what ingredients I need, pick out the best deals, and then wonderful human shoppers will go out into the world and hand select everything. You can even order from multiple stores at the same time. Then it's delivered to your door in as fast as one hour. Oh, and probably my favorite part is that all of my orders are saved in Instacart. So then the next time I order groceries, I can just click and reorder my usual stuff. It's amazing. Is it weird to say that online grocery shopping has helped my mental health? Only if it wasn't true. To get free delivery on your first order over $35, click the link in the show notes. It lets Instacart know we sent you, gets you that free delivery, and helps support our show. Now, back to the show. So it's super interesting to hear you guys talk about song lyrics and specific songs and how your fans will ask you about these specific feelings that, like you said, they can be fleeting. It maybe was something that I felt for five minutes and maybe I feel it for five minutes every week or that was a one-time thing. What are the big things, whatever you're willing to share, that you do struggle with on a, whether it's daily basis, just a recurring Mm -hmm. basis, um, what are maybe this is sibling therapy? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. I'm not a licensed therapist at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what are some of the things that you guys do struggle with that you're willing to share? Sure. Who wants to start? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking at you, brother. Oh, yeah, now. Okay. So I'd say right now, because it changes, mm-hmm. it's that. When things get busy, I have like, I struggle a lot with anxiety and, um, I didn't know for a long time. I didn't know that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just that always thinking next, what's the next on the list. Um, and in college, I, I got into this habit because I had so much going on. I got in this habit of every free moment, every time I wasn't doing anything, I would check my list. So, oh, okay, I can do this homework. Oh, I can do this. I can practice this song. I can do it. And so I got into that habit and my mind still does that. And that's part of the meditation thing and the, that I've been trying to do is just to kind of break out of that. But every now and then that'll kind of creep back in. And, um, and so the mind's just always going. And for me, that just triggers some anxiety and it started in my chest and breathing issues. And then it's gotten into my gut and it's just like cramps and just really bad, um, and so it's interesting how it's, how the mind, it's like, it started to like manifest physically. Yeah. You know, how the anxiety can start to manifest physically. And so for me, something right now, I'm really trying to work on that. Um, and so I'm kind of going back to those practices that I, I stopped doing for a little while. And, um, those meditation practices. And yeah, that's something for me. And it's like a lot of it's just stemmed in, 
um, I should be better. I should be able to do this, you know, just tons of shitting all over myself. And, um, that's, uh, and expectations that I'm not living up to all those sorts of things. Um, and I have to, that's something I have to kind of constantly fight against and constantly be aware of. Mm-hmm. So I would say probably that's like my biggest nemesis in my life so far. <laughs> I feel like some of those moments you were describing my brain. <laughs> that's what I do Uh, and it's definitely something I am will always be learning and figuring out and the anxiety will always be there but I totally feel you on the like oh I have a few free minutes what can I do let me look at my to-do list on my phone and and the year 2020 made me realize that like sometimes if you have a few free minutes you can just have those free minutes like if I end up early somewhere which rarely happens or if I'm somewhere and like waiting for something like Oh my God, I'm at the doctor's office and it's, they're going to be 20 minutes late. It's like, what can I do? I could like send a couple emails. Like, no, actually, actually I could just like sit here and breathe for a minute and like, or walk outside, like you guys said, or just enjoy the extra time and treat it as extra time and not as time to be filled with something to do as a productive human. It's so true because like just sitting and breathing and like having a body that, that just like can like breathe, you know, like like regularly, like normally, that's a huge thing to be grateful for. And so that's something I've been like really trying to find, like, okay, what are those, like all of the good things, you know, I just want to experience all of those good things. Cause there's just so many things. Life can be so, so beautiful. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that. that was beautiful. My, thank yeah. you for sharing that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, mine would probably, so like for the longest time, I'm like zero or a hundred. Where like I'm either really depressed or I am like going full steam ahead. Like mm-hmm. there's really no in between for me. Um, and for the longest time, really as long as I can remember, that's been me. <clears throat> but in the past like little bit, a new thing that I have never met before and learning how to deal with is anxiety. I've never had anxiety uh... in my life ever. It's just not ever been a part of me. I can uh... just if something weird comes up, I'm like, oh, it's fine. It'll be good. Um, and so now I am learning how to deal with that guy. And, uh, I have zero answers for it at the moment, other than I know that the biggest thing I tell myself is it's going to pass. Like it always does. It's not going to be here forever. Like that thought alone helps me get through it. So ta-da. 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 <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. No, Thank you. and it's, it's totally true. Like the whole, like it gets better sounds so yeah. cheesy but no but it's true you're really it's not gonna feel that way forever no. right feelings are so temporary they really really are and so i think as long as you remember that no matter what it's they're, they're gonna pass and mm-hmm. you're gonna be fine and you're gonna feel good again yeah. mm-hmm. so i feel like feelings sometimes are like pain or just like an indicator that hey you might need to look into this oh yeah this yeah, might yeah. be a problem um very prophetic okay <laughs> bethany your turn okay I'll just be very in the moment. So my, at the moment, I'm not sleeping well. And for me, it's, um, I didn't used to call them panic attacks because I don't feel like it's a panic attack. But when my friends one time was like, I think that's a panic attack. And I was like, okay. But right now it's just more of like a solid 3 a.m., 4 a.m. wake up call where my brain wakes up. And then um, I do worst case scenarios in my head. And it's usually, I know what I'm going to stress out about in the moment I can tell it's coming. Um, and it's like three or four things in my life that, um, 
just take me down a train of thought. And it's the same every single time. And I know it doesn't make me feel good. And um, I can't go back to sleep because I have to somehow in my sleepy mind, I think I can figure it out. And I think I can find the solution to make myself calm down. You just can't do that in the middle of the night. And so I'm in the process at the moment of reminding myself before I go to bed, hey, if you have that, whatever one of those trains of thoughts in the middle of the night, you can't figure it out in the middle of the night. And so if you can catch it before it starts, I've been able to like practice, like telling myself before I, I head down the icky thought train or whatever that um this is stupid and you can't figure it out right now and wait till the morning and 10 minutes after you wake up you'll be like that was so dumb so it's just like it's like a process that I have to like work through the same thing again because then there are times where I sleep great and it's totally fine but I'm just like entering into that time again where it's like the 4 a.m wake up calls but I mean it's very specific (laughs) and I try to tell myself that it's routine like 10 minutes after like my mind's most awake I can honestly talk myself down from every ledge that I was experiencing in the middle of the night so I know just wait wait make it till the morning you'll be totally fine you'll figure out all the issues that you thought you needed to figure out at 4 a.m and it's great so it's more so just like reminding yourself that it's okay like talking yourself through things um which can happen obviously in the middle of the day too but for me it's 4 Mm a.m it's my time it's all great lovely great timing I know anxiety to (laughs) pop up (laughs) We need to make a t-shirt that says Icky Thought Train. Yeah, I like the Icky Thought Train. Leaving it five I said Icky. I was like, I'd never say the word Icky. The Icky Thought Train. Icky Thought Train. Leaving the station. The name of the next album. (laughs) That's good. Leaving the station. You're at the entrance of the Thought Train, and it's just like it's disgusting. And you know the end of it. No, it's good. I really like it. choose to take it at 4 a.m. I love it. Every time. I would imagine you guys probably spend a lot of time on social media. Is that true? That's or are you guys so pretty good at like putting it down? You talked about putting your phone down. Oh, everyone's shaking their Not head. No. <laughs> it seems like you guys are really good at using social media for good. Like not only yeah. are you sharing your own feelings and emotions and letting everyone know like you're not alone. This is okay. But do you feel like it's mostly a good thing for you guys? Or do you also get caught in the mean comments, doom scrolling just need to we have really really nice fans like we're super super lucky like if you go through our our comment section people are just really nice yeah Yeah. Yeah. in terms of like the stressful side of social media um i think i've made the distinction and this is like an actual like social media brain i made the distinction that we're not influencers um on social media in the way that influencers are like you kind of have to figure out where you fit in the sense of like we're musicians first and we're a band first. And so figuring out how to get all of that across and keep like the integrity of like the music is first kind of a thing. Cause the social media world is like a whole job just mm-hmm. to yeah. exist on there. And so it sometimes can compromise the art. Cause you're just like feeling like you have to put this stuff out that just doesn't feel authentic. And so it's, for me, it's more of like a balance of making sure that the music is first. That's why we're doing this. And then the things below just help propel the music. So it's more of just like a stressful balance. Um, But in terms of like, I, on my personal page, I do not follow people that make me feel bad in any way. My feed is like nature and quotes. Yeah, so much nature. Workout chicks. Oh man. I think half of the people that I follow is just cool photos and nature stuff. Good. That sounds very peaceful. I've definitely Mm -hmm. had to unfollow people that I can feel 
a visceral negative reaction when they post something and you're like, Ooh, that just and it's not even necessarily their fault. It's like, right. yeah. exactly. <laughs> like it maybe it triggered yeah. a feeling that I have or yeah. them looking like so beautiful and perfect and tan or something. Then I'm like, yeah, oh, who am I? Okay. I need to unfollow you. Cause I'm just, I can't just like go stalk you and feel bad about myself. So I'm just going to. No, for sure. Let you, go. Really <laughs> yeah. you can even hide people for a period of time. Be like, I have to hide you because I'm feeling insecure these days. And then mm-hmm. when you're just like, I can cheer you on now, you unhide them and follow and be like, yeah, you're you, but I don't need to compare myself. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Okay. So we talked about specific songs, feelings, maybe they're fleeting. Maybe you don't feel them anymore, but can I ask you about five specific songs? (laughs) I'm just going to be a fangirl and just ask you the questions that probably everyone asks you. Okay. So I wrote down five songs. Um, I was listening to a lot of your music this morning while I was getting ready. It was great. So first overdose which if you just heard the name of the song, you might think it's about something totally different, but it's about overdosing on doubt, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. is is that a feeling that that you guys all feel? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from? Oh, yeah. oh my So it gosh. came from a dream, an actual dream, because like oh. the whole thing is like basically talking about I had a dream. Yeah. And obviously I was it was dream, a real dream. <laughs> yeah, it was. And so like the whole dream was like very, very alone and very, very sad because no one was there but at the same time it was like a freeing dream it was very because like it was so weird it was so weird and abstract and so when I woke up I like never remember dreams ever and so I woke up and tried to like make sense of it that next morning and then I went into the studio and kind of like put it into more of a What's, what's the word? Just a way that people would understand it. But it less all stems, dream, yeah, less dream like. Because if I went with what exactly happened <laughs> in my dream, it's like, what is this? I didn't know this came from an actual dream. This makes me love the song so much that. more. <laughs> well, like, I knew it was inspired by it, but like, I didn't know. Yeah, that. no, it was an actual dream. But yeah, basically, it was just talking about how it's so, like, doubt is such a sneaky thing. And you don't even realize it's there half the time. And you don't even realize why you're feeling so insecure and all this stuff all the time because doubt is just like this addictive drug. For me, it's like this thing that you you go back to as a crutch. It's like mm-hmm. when you feel insecure and you feel like you may not make it, you may not do a good job. Doubt is that drug that you go back to, and you're like, "Well, I'm just I don't I don't think I can do it. I'm just not yeah. gonna do it. It's it's fine." <clears throat> and eventually, you do that so many times, it's just it's it's your drug, yeah. and you're gonna overdose on it, and it's not gonna be good. And so that was the whole concept of the song. But yeah, it stemmed from a dream. So, wow, yeah, that's a very deep dream too. <laughs> yeah, it does not, and that makes so much sense. <laughs> like I've never thought about before. You guys wrote the song, and I heard the song. I'd never thought about overdosing on doubt and the fact that it totally does pile on top of itself it like kills creativity it kills everything that's good that comes from like artists and anybody who's creating anything it just kills it yeah the aspect in that song that i do like is the fact that in the dream it kind of felt good not being sad and that was Mm -hmm. the weird part of the dream Mm -hmm. is like in reality, I come back and the doubt comes flooding in. But at the same time, when I'm like just dreaming and stuff like that, it's like you have this freedom of like what it could be like without the doubt in your life. It was a really interesting concept. So, yeah. yeah. Are there ways that you guys have learned to shut up the doubt, get it out of your brain and stop it from <laughs> yeah, getting to an overdose? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, I go listen to successful things that I've done. Yeah. And remind really. myself that I'm good and like <laughs> I'm, I'm yep. talented and 100%. all that stuff. I literally I look at art stuff that we've put out. I look yeah. at photos. I look at things that just made me feel like, oh, that's so good. And that's not narcissistic. Yeah. Like, no, that is so not at all. People yeah. will see that, mm-hmm. but it's just building your confidence mm-hmm. and reminding you to be confident. And it reminds you like why you're passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. Like you look at that thing or you listen to that thing and you're like, I'm so inspired. I remember where we were when this happened. Mm-hmm. This just felt like we were right, right exactly where we were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So it's just like forcing yourself to remember because yeah. doubt for me is like every five minutes. Yeah. I I think that everything is terrible. And so I have to just like remind myself all the time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. yeah that's a really good one. i've definitely done that before where i'm like oh my god i can't do anything what am i doing why am i doing a podcast and i'm like okay no like i've done yeah. things in my life like it's fine <laughs> you push through that it totally can yep. just shut down the creativity be like nope i'm not gonna exactly well thank you for asking about that one people haven't really asked yeah. about that song oh and so, cool yeah i was well thanks for answering <laughs> I think one of my favorite songs of your guys uh, that I'd listened to probably 10 times today because I was like, wait, I forgot how much I love this song um, is oh. Nightlight. Oh. A song about just like opening up and sharing your feelings. And I wrote down one of the lyrics. It says, because saying what you felt has never panned out like everything you think it stands out, but nothing's ever changed with a closed mouth. A, yeah. you guys are really good at writing beautiful lyrics. B, that's so true. It's It feels like you can't let out your feelings, but then nothing will ever change. Exactly. So that's like social anxiety, a lot of it. It's like really drenched in social anxiety. But um, I'm a three. Do you know anything about like the Enneagram or personality test? Yeah. Okay. So yes. I'm a three on the Enneagram, which is like. I like to call them like the shapeshifter. And a lot, I think a lot of people do this. It's not just that personality, but I think when people get in social settings, they, they analyze who they're, who they're with, and then they change their, they alter their personality to fit into the group and different things like that. And um, then when you get back by yourself, you've been so many different people throughout the whole day that you're like, I don't even know which one to be right now. And sometimes, sometimes you end up being the most successful one when you're just by yourself which isn't really who you are. So there's tons of like psychological trauma that's going to kick in with that, which is terrible. And so that's really what this song is talking about. It's just like, I know you go get in these social settings and you feel super insecure and you feel weird and you feel like you wore the wrong thing. You said the wrong thing. And so you keep lying and you keep saying all this stuff when in reality, you just need to go, here's all my faults. Here's who I am. And just be super honest with them. And even if that circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller and they don't like you as much, it's fine. It's Mm -hmm. fine. So it's a better circle, even if it's a small circle. Exactly. You want a tight knit circle with people who like you. Yeah. So I love that. Okay. Then there's Lifeline, which I'm guessing is that's one that was kind of maybe a feeling that lasted for a few minutes because it says, Can you call my Lifeline? Because I give up and I'll raise my white flag and just give in. Cause I'm barely breathing, got no reason for grieving. That's just how I feel. And was that, did that come from a, a big moment of just wanting to give? Yeah. Up? I think that is a prime example of a very fleeting feeling mm-hmm. that didn't last very long. And I think that's why you can hear in the lyrics. They're very just conversational and some of it doesn't even rhyme. And they're like dramatic. Too. Yeah. It's like super dramatic, dramatic statements yeah. and. Mm-hmm. And so that was a very, very, very fleeting feeling. I'm trying to even remember the exact moment. 
I mean, the exact moment I heard it. Do you remember that? Uh, in my garage. On the oh, no, 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 I remember that. That's at least when you wrote the first lines of, well, I think you, can yeah. you call my lifeline because I give up and yeah. I raise my wife I can just give in. And that's when I was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that, again, that's like, why it's such a good example of a fleeting feeling because obviously I don't remember a whole lot of when and why I wrote it because that feeling probably lasted for 10 minutes and wrote the song and then called it good (laughs) and it was just (laughs) like some quick therapy get it out and then obviously it was a little bit more than that which I'm really grateful for yeah so I think it's really important to acknowledge those fleeting feelings though like yeah let them come in shake them for Mm -hmm. what they are don't be mad at yourself that you're feeling it yeah. and then let them go. If you need to write a song or write a poem about it or go on a walk or whatever you need to do, that's fine. So that was lifeline for sure. Do you ever have to like try not to cry while you're performing yeah. or oh, have you figured sure. that out? <laughs> for the most part, I I mean, I figured that out for the most part, but there are I times. I just figured that out in my life. In, in general. general. <laughs> <laughs> just like, don't cry. We're really good to... at not crying, yeah. honestly. So much so that I like, could try to like if that if those feelings come i try to not hold them back yeah yeah because i just want to feel you know i want to feel it and i want to be present you make other people cry instead (laughs) there we go they can have my tears (laughs) (laughs) you could probably bottle them and sell them someone will buy them Not me. I'm just saying. They are pretty rare. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Then insecure, which that one, I'm sure you guys have talked about doubt and that probably is a similar feeling that they just feelings of insecurity pop up all the time. Yeah. Totally. The bridge on that song Mm -hmm. is like, yeah. Yeah. I really like that one. Yeah. It's just very straight to the point. But yeah, I think the bridge, what I like about that is it goes into detail. Like the whole song is very like fairly vague. Or it's more like saying, a physical thing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like it's like the mirror part, like the actual looking at yourself. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, more like a physical. You're insecure, insecure with like your your appearance. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like that. And then the bridge goes into more of like psychological. Yeah, the psychological part of your insecurities and maybe where they came from mm-hmm. and stuff like that in a very um, intense, rappy way. Mm-hmm. So kind of like calling specific, super specific. Rappy. Rappy. Yeah, it's very specific. Yeah. And the last one is Sarah, which is probably, arguably, like the deepest, most serious song. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. There, there's a lot you could argue. It's for heavy. Me. It's heavy for sure. It's yeah. super heavy. It talks about yeah. a woman yeah. battling with suicidal ideation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one, that one was intimidating to release right at first. We were all very, very nervous, mm-hmm. just because it is straight to the point. Yeah, and. We hadn't like we we'd done pretty intense stuff up until then, but Sarah was for sure way more black and white, mm-hmm. and there was no beating around the bush. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to do that though, but um, that song really showed that our fan base can handle a lot. And really, just I think our society is tougher than we mm-hmm. give everybody credit for, and they want the real raw mm-hmm. thing. Obviously, like people want to go out and just party to dumb music that nobody cares about, but for the most part, they want heavy stuff. We're all feeling it. They want to hear it. Talk about it. And so even though it was very, very scary, I think that was a really, um, that opened a lot of doors Mm -hmm. for where we could go and and things we could say in our music. Yeah. And you guys since then have then done a lot of things with like suicide prevention and Mm -hmm. awareness. Does that come from, obviously you don't have to share anything that is more personal than you want to, or about anyone that is a personal story, but like where, where does the passion for that, yeah. specific awareness come from yeah so sarah is like 
90% of a stage in my life that I went through, like 90% of the story is. And then, but at the time I wasn't in a place to actually talk about it from like my perspective. And so I embodied it in this girl named Sarah and obviously Sarah's story ends like way differently than mine did. Um, But yeah, it really just came from experiences that were happening, different things. And like I said, then I was very zero to a hundred. It's like, I'm either very depressed or I am very, very, very ready to go about anything. And so, yeah, they're all, like I said, 90% of our songs are all personal experiences. But I just felt like Sarah's story needed to be told how it really does go a lot of times. Even though, like, I remember I showed you the first two verses and um, we were getting to the third one and I hadn't written the third one yet. And you said you knew how her story ended. Because you you brought up like, okay, well, what if we end it? like yeah. this and I was just for some reason it was, it was, it was a like, conversation because yeah. you hadn't written it yet so we were like mm-hmm. how does this happen mm-hmm. and you just got out said I know how her story is going mm-hmm. to end yeah and I was like okay so it was like a couple days of just like wait it was a weird here. one to write it was it was interesting and it was hard but I just think people needed to hear it and I think they they needed that sometimes there's not that um happy ending and um it's just the truth. And the song isn't going to be for everybody either. No. And I think that's something that like we've had the privilege of working with um, different foundations who help educate you on how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't in any way like tell us how to write music or anything like that. Like yeah. we were because of the song, no. we were yeah. put in contact with people, which, yeah, gave us a lot of education in the area. Um, but I do think also like the song. It's, we we tried to do trigger warnings and different mm-hmm. things for the song. Um, well, I think the silver lining that was tried to put in there, the little light at the end of the tunnel, was um, the people in the girl Sarah's life realized at the end. Like, they realized that it was underneath their nose the entire time. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it wasn't in time, but it's just that whole reminder of look and be aware mm-hmm even if it doesn't look like it. So it's just, it was hopefully a reminder to people just to be aware of the people you don't suspect. And like the song didn't point fingers at anybody. I think what for me was the really cool part because there wasn't like a fault to anybody in the story, but it was something that like right after we shared the song, so many people were checking in on their friends Mm -hmm. to an extreme with the song and like just different hashtags and different things that just came about that inspired people in that direction, which I don't even we don't think about what, what a song is going to do. Like you can only hope, but you don't really think so far about what the song is going to do. And that was what the song did. Was it cause people to check in on people more, people to open up more. Um, Even just like the the comment feeds were just really beautiful of like people Mm -hmm. checking in more often and stuff, which the tiniest things make huge difference. Smallest in people's lives. So. Wow. That's beautiful. You guys are amazing. If you're loving this episode of Mentally Together, you might be curious. What goes on behind the scenes? Which parts of the conversation were left on the cutting room floor? Well, let's talk about it over on Patreon. My patrons get to see deleted video clips from every episode, like from this episode. Honestly, I just had way too much fun chatting with we three for a long time. So I had to cut out some of those moments so that this episode wasn't two hours long. Luckily, I clipped together the laughs, the bloopers, and more into a bonus video for Patreon. And as one of my patrons, you get every episode of the show a day early on Sundays. 
You can read all about the different tiers and sign up at patreon.com slash Cassidy Quinn. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Cassidy Quinn. Okay, now we have a couple questions from our friends on the internet. On the internet. We love our yeah, the first two come from my friends over on Patreon, so their questions get to come first. Peter says, what do you think has been your greatest strengths when getting through the tougher challenges in your lives, before the pandemic or now? I can go first. Go for it. Oh, yeah. I really, really like life, and I really mm. believe that, like, I I love to enjoy so many parts of life. And, like, I, I always believe in myself to the point that, like, I'm going to figure out how to enjoy the really hard stuff. Like maybe not exactly in the mm-hmm. moment, but I'll figure out how to get out of it. So as I can, cause I just really, I like to have fun and I like life and I like enjoying and I like being happy. Mm-hmm. So it's like this weird, like comfort that like, you're going to figure out how to be happy again. Kind of a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, love that. That's me. Uh, mine is probably my obsessive personality. When like I decide I'm going to do something, like <laughs> I will do it. Like, it's just I will go all in and there's no turning back that has helped a lot in a lot of areas and it usually has gotten me out of some really really interesting spots and put out some really cool art and different things just because I can't focus on anything else so yeah that's awesome I would say I think it's some yeah it's I think probably a little bit of a mixture um what you guys said the like life is just so it can be so beautiful and so amazing. And so um, I am just really grateful to be alive and um, I want to experience as and soak in as much of that as I can and give it back out however I can and work hard to do that. And so I think that's one big thing that drives me. Yeah. That's that's a great one. Thank you, guys. John wants to know, I would love to hear what they think are the biggest issues or pressures facing young people today. Wow. Yeah. I feel like so much has changed really, really fast with social media. And I don't think young people are given enough credit for how hard it is to navigate this new world. And I do think that we have a lot of pressure from older generations who love us dearly, Mm -hmm. but who do expect things to be a lot easier that if maybe they were in the same position with mm-hmm. this entire new world, they would have a little yep. hard time. So it's just the pressure okay. taken off to function. Yep. Like people would say normal adults. We're, yeah. in, mm-hmm. we're in a very not normal time. Yep. yep. <laughs> in yep. so many ways. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it's literally an entirely new world. Like you said, totally. Yeah. completely. <laughs> it's I'm mine is like along the same lines, but I would say that, It is such a comparison game on social media right now. And um, like, not only that, but the fact that like, I think the younger generation says they have grown up in this, Mm -hmm. they are going to never see anyone really emoting true emotion or putting out like actual, their, their raw self on social media. It's always just going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's going to train people to, keep everything inside and like only show your good side to even the people who truly Mm -hmm. love you Mm -hmm. and don't care. And I think that's a really dangerous thing when a whole generation is doing that. Yes. Very, very dangerous. So I would just hope that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
people just the people see it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right well and then for even sure. when for me like when i try to put raw feelings and emotions on social media like the bad moments then even that can feel like okay well am i trying to say this in the perfect I, way yeah, that like super interesting. am i too sad am i not sad enough like what if people are like Oh my God. Sure. You were sad today, but like you also have a house and you're a white lady and you, you know, like, you know, there's all these things that go into it of like, no, just, okay. Just put it out there. Maybe just like, you You analyze yourself so much and like, we have such good intentions, but like, yeah. 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 You can overthink it. Yep. Till you die. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. What I would add would just be, um, Older generation, yeah, give grace to the younger generation. And younger generation, give grace to yourselves. Yeah. Because this technology is insane. When the when the wheel was first invented, <laughs> tons of people, I'm sure, got broken toes, probably even <laughs> like they got run over. Like it was a hard thing to deal with, right? I would imagine that. And I think it's just the same thing. Like this technology is insane. It's changed everything. It's changed the way we relate to each other, changed everything. So we just need to give grace on ourselves to just like, yeah. we'll figure it out. Just give us time. We are figuring it out. We are yeah. totally figuring People it out. Totally figuring yeah. It out. Yeah. 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 We're totally figuring it out. And it's really cool. And then community, I think is a, like a vital thing. Um, you know, we have communities, but it's not the same as like getting together in person or even, I mean, I think it, a lot of it can be done now on zoom and you know whatever um we're learning how to do that but to just to be real with each other and to have those people who you can just share all of your stuff the good the bad and the ugly and um have that small circle you know i think community is is vital you know we need each other okay last but not least the speed round (laughs) okay when was the last time you cried yesterday (laughs) okay no it was two days ago I answered it. Oh, baby. That's fine. Okay. That's okay. 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 We can talk about it. Oh, no. We have to confess. Okay. Yeah, no, right. You can talk about it. You can, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can say as much or as little as you want. <laughs> I cried two times in a conversation. It was a good conversation that needed to be had. Mm. Yeah. And it was very beneficial. It was actually a very mature conversation that normally would be really not a great conversation. And I was just like, man, maturity. But I still cried because I just emote and I cried. So. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes the best conversations are like you cry, not you. Yeah, but, but sometimes I'll cry at the inappropriate time where like I want a little sympathy, like, <laughs> and I'm just like, that's not benefiting the conversation. So it's like, I need to cry at the point where it's like, I've done the hard work and now I'm, I need to emote the fact that this is really hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Favorite song to play on stage? I would say right now it is. Ooh, ooh. Yesterday, actually, I think yeah, it was, was insecure. It? Yesterday, ooh, yeah. it was fun. Yeah, I it was really fun because I get to do the clapping <laughs> on my little pad. It's really cool. There's yeah. a lot of clapping and insecure. Okay, let's so each answer that one. Clap What's your favorite one? Yeah, because we have a new sh- we have a show coming up on the 23rd. So we're yes, this really exciting set right now. Yes. and we're just yeah. so stoked about it. We're playing every day. I'm uh, so excited. Yes. Couch. Oh, <gasps> that's so fun too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's totally my favorite right now too. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's because of when it comes. Real original, in, babe. When it comes We're gonna in fight because the they agree. <laughs> you don't expect it in the set, and when it comes, my whole heart no, just No, it's super explodes. fun. It's like a big rat. It's just a very feel-good song. Yeah. And it'll be perfect for everybody sitting on the couch watching. Yeah. Yes, I've never played true. it live before, so no. I just can't. And the colors just change, and you're just like, "Whoa, where am I?" Oh, yes. It's a really cool. Exciting. What are you grateful for right now? 
I am grateful for interviews and people who ask genuinely good questions. Oh, I was going to say Oh, my so, gosh. Thank you. Oh, again, fighting because you agree. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> yes. No, I just wanted you to know it's, it's coming from all angles. Great. Thanks. It's very good. I appreciate the people that let me ask them very vulnerable ah, questions. So thank you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what stuff. sound can calm you down or just like bring you joy? You hear it? Boom. Oh. There you go. Oh, a fan. No. A fan? <laughs> a fan. Not like a screaming fan, like a like a air <laughs> fan, right? <laughs> that might no, not be a calming one. No, that wouldn't be very calming. Oh no, a fan, a wind <laughs> fan. Mm-hmm. It's very that calming. What is the best thing you do for your mental health? Playing the drum. Ooh, drums? yeah. Playing the drums. Yeah. I would actually agree. When we get to play. No, I don't like to play the drums. But when Same. we get to play, oh my gosh, it's just mm-hmm. so helpful. It's great. Yeah, all the anxiety goes away. Yep. Ooh, retweet. Retweet? That's your mental health when you retweet? Retweet. I was retweeting. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm like very shocked at that. No, retweeting. Retweet. <laughs> yeah, just yes. good. So we all agree. That's a good okay. one. What is your favorite thing about your brain? <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, my favorite part about my brain is... The, it's good and bad, but that I can compartmentalize things. Yeah, I wish I could do that. Mm. For the most part, I can just be like, I'm not going to feel this right now. Yeah. And just, it'll go away. Unless this new anxiety friend that I haven't really gotten to know mm. yet. He's been different. He doesn't he's like to leave. Different. Sorry about that. Anyways, that's it. Dang, anxiety friend or enemy. enemy. He's a friend for sure. He's a, yeah. He's a friend. Come with yeah. a name for the mean voice in your head. And then you're like, no, yeah. shut up. You know. Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. Jacob. Uh, sorry to all your fans named Jacob. <laughs> yes. yeah. Okay. If you wrote a biography, what would it be called? Dealing with Jacob. No. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's a great name. That's a great name. Yes. No, I would. It would be. Um, let's go. Nice. Ooh. That's good. Yeah. Um, where are we going? <laughs> okay. Mine would be loading. <laughs> <laughs> like in process. Oh, oh uh-huh, uh-huh. It actually probably would just be that. Yeah, or a dot, dot, dot. Okay, the last one <laughs> is the weirdest one. If you had to get something tattooed on your forehead, like it's happening, everyone is doing it now. Everyone has to get something tattooed. It's like a message to yourself when you look in the mirror or a message to anyone that walks by you. What does your forehead tattoo say? Um, I would, because I'm going to get this tattooed somewhere. So if I had to do it, I would just say, listen to your body. But I mean... Ooh. I don't want to get a tattoo on my forehead, but if it was a thing. No one does, but you have to. This is a new and world, say like the Hunger Games. Right. Yeah. Could I do, is this cheating? Um, you know how they get the their eyebrows tattooed? Oh, you really don't want a face tattoo. Yes. Like that technically, it's a tattoo, right? That's correct. And it's part of my, yeah, what is it called? Right. Microblading? Yeah, I would microblade my, my eyebrows. That is that counts, right? mm-hmm. Does it say something or it's just your it, just eyebrow? No, See, I would say cheating. something. You, I would okay. say <laughs> microblading. No. On my tattoos. <laughs> or on my Perfect. Um, <laughs> I'd probably just get the three dots or like the loading. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's a good one. Loading. Like that would help me. I think it would help me just think, yeah, you took- Oh, yeah. And then, of course, last but not least, where can people follow you all over the internet and all the things that you're up to and music you're putting out? We are everywhere. We three music. We are TikToking. We are tweeting. We are Instagramming. And then eventually getting out on tour with real people someday. 
one day. Yeah, hopefully. One day. Hopefully. The optimistic part of my brain is saying it's going to be this year, but we'll see. Yes. I'm Vaccines feeling for everyone. Vaccines <laughs> for everyone. Come to our show. Okay, so clearly we all cannot just go to a We 3 concert at this point, unless you are listening to this episode in the future when we've all been vaccinated and the pandemic is over. Woohoo! We made it! But in the meantime, you know that virtual show the band talked about getting ready for? It's now available on demand. So you can rock out, have fun, and maybe shed some good emotional tears from the comfort of your couch. I put the link to their Dear Paranoia virtual concert in the show notes. Also, coming up on April 16th, it's a Friday night, and We Three is performing virtually again for the Lines for Life 2021 gala. So again, the link is in the show notes. Also, since I did this interview for this episode, We Three has released another song called Secrets, which I think might be up pretty high on their list as far as most vulnerable songs they've put out. As usual, it's beautiful, it's relatable, and all about just sharing our struggles with each other because we are all just human. On that note, thank you, wonderful human, for listening to this episode of Mentally Together. We put out new episodes every Monday. So I, Cassidy Quinn, will see you next week. In the meantime, go do something nice for your brain today. Write in your journal, call a sibling, listen to some We Three music, whatever will make your day just a little bit better. Because remember, we are all just trying to keep it mentally together. Mentally Together is produced, hosted, and edited by Cassidy Quinn in collaboration with Koba FM, a podcast network that is all about community, baby. 